Well, it's the first trade-off of 2022. Markets are throwing up opportunity all over the shop. Consensus trades are being blown out of the water, notably the US dollar, which is doing exactly the opposite of what the street thought it was going to do for 2022. I'm here with Blake Morrow, and we're going to be discussing all these formatics and more as we assess the trade-off. Well, hi, I'm Chris West, and I'm Head of Research here at Pepperstone. I'm shortly going to be joined by Blake Morrow from Forex Analytics. And we're going to be unpacking, we're going to be analysing, we're going to be navigating, as we always did last year, the landmines, the formatics, the setups that we see in this mad world of tradings. So remember, if you do see what you, if you do like what you hear, hit the like button, smash the like button, and subscribe to the channel so you never see it miss a show going forward. I think it's a great time to bring in Blake Morrow to the programme. Blake. You know, we've had four weeks without each other. I've missed you greatly from the bottom of my heart. I've really wanted to talk markets, but it's been nice to have a bit yeah, of time out of markets. I've got a refreshed mind, a nice suntan, as you can see. Um, but, you know, how have you been? I've missed this you, man. This is awesome. This guy has actually well, you know, I missed you too, but he knows I, I really like your suntan. Holy cow. It's great. I'm the Latino prince. I've had a great holiday season. You know, COVID throws in a little bit of a monkey wrench for scheduling with family. But other than that, it was nice. It was quiet and I really enjoyed my time, you know, and yeah, got refreshed as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. I'm glad that uh, you and, and your, your family are safe at the moment. So that's great to see. But you know what I want to do, Blake? I want to hear your market views. And there's obviously a lot uh, to talk about there right now. So let's let's crack on with Topical Thunder. I'm a big Saint supporter. So I, I talked about it in the uh, in the introduction, Blake. You know these consensus trades yeah. that we had for the beginning um, of 2022, long told, dollars. You know, I mean, this is a bit corny, but potentially really scatty equity markets because the Federal Reserve are going to raise three, maybe four times, and they may start in March. We're going to see quantitative tightening, starting at 25 billion and capping up to 75 billion later in the year. Yeah, gold was going to get slammed as real rates moved higher. And what are we seeing? I mean, it's a it's a national pastime for for these trades. Consensus trades to just completely to be unwound in January. Yeah, That's what we're seeing. But the backdrop of what we're seeing right now, and I just want to set well, the scene for the rest of the show, Blake, is, yeah, is no how are you feeling and how are you reading sentiment at the moment with a lot of these consensus trades being undone with the Federal Reserve, you know, doing what they're doing, five other five central banks potentially starting to rein in liquidity. How are you feeling and how are you reading the vibe at the moment? Yeah, comfortable. You know, I'm feeling a little hungover, Chris. Oh, nice. To be honest, I mean, you, you look good, you know, man. You think about think when you when you talk sentiment, you think about right. all of the years that not only the Federal Reserve but every central bank has been feeding us just this a massive amount of liquidity, and you know, equity markets have roared higher. I know we had a black swan event of 2020 being COVID, but you know, the markets quickly recovered. I mean, if you blinked for three weeks, you missed it. Uh, you know, but here we are, really looking at the tail end of what seems to be a for a lot of people a career long party in the markets. There's so many market participants that never even seen a pullback in the markets. They've never even seen uh, a re recession. So, you know, we're at that that point in the market where it's getting a little iffy. And so when you ask about sentiment, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm starting to, you know, question how the markets are really going to absorb the removal of all of this really, you know, excess liquidity that we've seen globally. So it's a great you know, point. Let me... I am a little worried and we're starting to see some volatility. But, Let... you know, as a trader, this is what you and I really 
hope yeah. to have. And you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure every trader out there is like, yeah, bring us some two-way price action because right. then we're going to get some volatility. But what do you think about this, life? though? You've got this, this investment mantra of don't fight the Fed, right? So you don't fight the Fed's work beautifully. You know, you just go long, get a, an index tracking fund, and you pay very little for it, and you just make great returns. If we've got a situation where QE push people out the risk curve, quantitative tightening should happen in theory, and perhaps may more be more aggressive than, than rate hikes. Rate hikes are going to happen. The Fed want you to come back into quality part of the risk curve. Liquidity is designed to deflate prices and, and, and deflate financial conditions. What does that mean for don't fight the Fed? Does it mean, for me, it means being much, much more active in your trading. It means you're going to see much more two-way pricing. That mantra, I think, is something we're going to see in 2022. I think it's already playing out now. Yeah, I, think I, I couldn't agree more. And and so this is where you have to kind of shift gears as a trader. And you you know, if you're trading like equities, you got to think about all the high beta names. You got to shift your money out of there and look for some of the more, you know, stable, maybe higher yielding type of, uh, of, of stocks. And then, you know, that's going to shift how you how you treat currencies and how you treat commodities as well. Yeah, I think 2022 is going to be the year of the active participants. So uh, yeah, hats off to that situation there. So it's going to be it's going to be an interesting ride. It is. Well, you know, when you talk about you talk about like shifting gears, you know, I, I, I want to actually take a look at the crypto space because I think one of the big, uh, you know, I want to say one of the big beneficiaries of all this excess liquidity, especially that what we saw here in the U.S., is just massive amounts of rallies and, you know, coins, altcoins. And, and you pointed out. Yeah. Yeah. that they've been great trading vehicles and they have been and it's been a pretty much a one-way street for the last several years but you know here we are halfway through what you know is known as the have having cycle and you know a, a period where you, not only are you have this like cyclically even though it's a short you know short i guess amount of time that we've been able to sample from but you've got you know, liquidity being pulled out of the markets, cryptos are really starting to feel a little heavy here. Mm. And I'm wondering that, you know, I think they're, 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 getting, they're bouncing from pretty key levels, but do you play into this bounce here, Chris? I mean, do you play into it or do you sell into strength? What do you think? Well, I think this is just a high beta play on, on what we're seeing in tech, to be honest. These, well, I think you coined it brilliantly. And something that I've been using is, is this word liquidity beneficiaries. You know, they, they worked when they had this kind of buy everything mantra. Now, I know the, the crypto advocates are looking at, you know, Ethereum and some of the, 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 you know, the tier two sort of coins that we've been seeing that play off the Ethereum network and they're doing, you know, yield harvesting and, 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 you know, stacking and those kind of factors, but, you know, and picking up very, very you know, high yields, but using this as a speculative vehicle. I mean, you know, I think you, you take a direction on where the, the NASDAQ's going and, and high beta tech, and you say, well, this is probably going to do the same, but probably at a, at a much bigger rate, you know, a bigger percentage move or higher beta move. That's the way that I see this. So I think if, if we are going to see this liquidity withdrawal from the market, which I suspect is going to happen, I think that, that crypto as a speculative vehicle will be sold on rallies, and I'll be looking at ways to sell sell into this move. Um, and I think that's exactly the same as what we're going to be in seeing tech. So, you know, the Fed giveth, they gave a really nice rally. I think what we saw in December with a sort of 40% corrections is is going to be something we are. So I think these are fantastic trading vehicles. Great movement. You know, you pay little for what you get in that movement. And I think they're going to be fantastic moves. But I think yeah, I'll be looking to sell rallies in the short term. What do you think? Well, you know, I, I'm, I'm with you. And here's the thing, though. I, I think this is going to be much different than what we saw in, let's just say, 2018, 2019, where you saw just a bloodletting in, in cryptos. You really have institutional uh, institutions, excuse me, uh, adopting crypto into their portfolios 
in a big way. And so I think that dips are going to be bought and there are going to be, there is going to be a level where certain names, certain vehicles are going to outshine others. And I think you've got to be able to play those bounces, especially if you're a long-term investor in crypto, however you want to be looking to get involved, the bounces are playable, but I do agree with you. I'm going to be looking to short rallies as well. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that seems to be uh, the way. So I think there's great opportunities within the yield situation, but then you obviously look at these on a, on a speculative flow as well. And uh, yeah, I think this is a vehicle that everyone needs on their radar as, as a high B to play there as well. And then we talk about what's happening um, in, in yeah, this liquidity idea, and it's so central to the whole thematic. We want to talk about Fed policy because, you know, it is the dominant narrative in the market at the moment. We're just seeing the inflation numbers coming out in the US. You know it. You feel it every day of the week when you're going out that the prices are broadly going up. We saw that in the inflation numbers there. You know, headline at 7%, core at 5.5%. You've got full employment in the US at the moment. You've got pretty much most of the, the hawks telling you that we need to see four rate hikes next year, along with what the street are calling for. Uh, we've got some doves coming up. They'll be interesting to see. But yeah, we've, the market's pricing in three and a half rate hikes for this year. The market's expecting the first hike to come out in March. Um, you know, probably from around July, we're going to start seeing about $25 billion of bonds you know, being run off of their balance sheet. And that will probably go up to around $75 billion, which will see their balance sheet coming off over the next two years. And we talked about that idea about, um, you know, this idea about not fighting the Fed. And we've seen probably some big volatility at the start of the year in certain markets. And we did last year as well. You know, I think what's the play? I ask you, Blake, you know, with that in mind, um, yeah, what, what is the play? You know, what is the play with all that liquidity coming out and, and, and a higher Fed funds rate potentially? Well you know, the thing about Fed policy, I was actually, I had, I had a great interview with one of, uh, you know, one of, one of my favorite uh, guests earlier uh, today, actually, and we were talking about Fed policy. And, and then I've also talked to so many other traders and economists in the last week about peak Fed hawkishness, if you will. Yep. It's like, what more do you, what more does the market expect out of the Fed? Yep. And the, the scary thing that we've seen over the last let's just call it the last couple of months, the dollar has really stalled. That rally has kind of stalled in the market. And you know, even though expectations for the Fed and the appetite for them to, to continue to you know, drain liquidity out of the markets and hike rates eventually, that's all getting priced in the markets. Correct. And we haven't seen the dollar really respond. Absolutely. And that to me opens up a door. Mate, I'm, I'm completely with you. I think you've even you've hit the hand. I sit in you know, the inflation camp is is really what, what you're talking about here. I think what you're seeing in that inflation number, I, I'm not an economist as such. I trade the markets. But I think the, the anecdotal evidence I'm seeing and, and to, again, talking to people who are in that sort of circles is that maybe the, the January inflation number, the CPI number is going to be somewhere about 7%. The February one might be as well. But then that's when it starts peaking down and it will slowly grind into, say, 3%. I think the Federal Reserve are doing their job. Now, they'll raise rates all things unless we see a big correction in markets in March and we'll you know we'll probably maybe see two or three rate hikes but yeah I think it's all discounted at the moment and the market knows that this yield advantage you've been seeing uh, in the US has, has already been discounted the dollar's priced that in I think we need to see you know a steeper yield curve for the Fed to, to, to really go hard so I think market pricing is so rich at the moment um, that I don't know what's going to cause more rate hikes to be priced in over the next couple of years, unless we see something dramatic. Right, and I, and that's I think exactly inflation, what I'm saying yeah. is like, what, what, what is it? I mean, you know, does growth explode? Do wage wages explode? I'm not really sure what it is either, Chris. Yeah. So but what I will tell you, go. what I will tell you is that parlays into the next topic of conversation, which would be, is there room for a dollar pullback now? When when you have all these expectations already, you know 
baked into the price, into expectations, and the dollar hasn't responded. I mean, look, last year was like one of those menacing years for economists. Every economist was so wrong. And they, and, and I, I've, I've said this before, you go back to like 2000, you know, the end of 2020, there wasn't one bank report that I read that was actually a dollar bull, not one. Now flip it, here we are at the end of you know 2021 going into 2022, everybody's a dollar bull. So we flipped the narrative completely. And like you said, at the very beginning, all that's getting thrown out the door. Here it is, the dollar is kind of pulling back now. Expectations are like pretty high. Yeah. So does this open the door for a dollar pullback? And it, it may not even just be, you know, may not even just be the dollar. I mean, how about the how, how about you know you got other central banks that have to move as well so what are your thoughts here on a dollar pullback yeah i mean i think you're right i mean it's become national pastime to see consensus trades being blown out as i said but we are starting to see a few banks now a few sell-side strategists change their calls morgan stanley are now expecting um the dollar to top out and actually start yeah progressively get weaker jeffries as well is another bank that i saw with some very good strategists there calling for a weaker dollar and you know it is becoming somewhat less of a consensus trade to be long dollars and i think you're absolutely right you know we've seen the markets for 2022-23, you know, pricing quite a lot of rate hikes. We're expecting QT to come through. I can't get bullish on the dollar until we see yield curves steepening. You know, in a flattening yield curve environment, the Federal Reserve do not want to raise rates into a flattening yield curve. Nothing ever, ever good comes of a, of a, of a central bank raising rates into a flatter curve, uh, especially when we get really flat and we start talking about inversion on twos and fives. So until we see a flatter curve, I think, you know, this idea of having four rate hikes this year, which is nearly discounted, is not going to happen, especially when it's working concurrently with quantitative tightening. So I, I think you're going to see much bigger discussion later this year in the US about um, about the Euro ECB raising rates next year. Buyback better right. in the US is not going to happen. You're going to have midterms, which I think is going to be a dollar negative situation. The market, it's too early to praise that. But I think, you know, rallies are probably going to be sold at the moment in the dollar uh, and for those factors that it's all, a lot of it's discounted. What do you think? Well, you know, the, the you know, talking about the dollar and it's already discounted, I got that, but I don't, I don't know if I'm actually a dollar bear no, either. Right. And I'm not sure I really want to be shorting dollars. I actually am looking to buy dollars on a pullback. It's just the, the key levels that I'm looking for on the dollar index aren't necessarily too terribly far away from where we're at today. Yeah. So I'm, I'm more neutral here, but that doesn't mean I don't want to take a stance. And there are some charts that I'm going to show to prove it too. So, <laughs> well, I think mean, you've just literally Boom, smash me into that. <laughs> you laid me up nicely. Let's go to, uh, that's a setup and look at the charts. Let's do it. Well, you know, one of the, the, the factors we want to talk about, I've, we've got crude on the right-hand side, but the one I want to bring up is, is Nat Gas at the moment because, you know, look, look at that last night. When Nat Gas has been absolutely flying. It was like nearly 14, 15% yesterday. A lot of the, well, the weather patterns, I hope this doesn't affect you. I think you're on the uh, the west side of town. But uh, on the east coast, we've got this bad weather pattern hacking on the on, on the south and it's going to make its way up up the east coast of the US. And if you saw the natural gas, it just absolutely went for it yesterday. I, I think there's more juice in that. I think we could see 520 in Nat Gas. Um, I think pullback 
contracts in, in this kind of overbought situation will probably go up. But, uh, you know, generally when you get these weather patterns coming up and, and affecting the perception of demand for commodities, they're not one day affairs. They can last a few days. So I think if we get to 520, that's going to be really important as well. And that's going to be inflationary. Go to the, um, the US crude, WTI crude chart, because this is the one everyone's obviously trading. And this has had an absolute stonker really from December. It's just had an absolute move. We know that um, OPEC are, you know, are doing more. We know that uh, the demand side of things picking up. Structurally, there's not enough investment in the US, and we're talking about triple deficits. So the crude price has gone for it. As you can see there, this has been a momentum dream. Pullbacks into the five and nine day exponential but moving average have really defined what's been a move from higher lows and higher highs. But I want to sell this into 83.41, which is the 61.8% extension uh, from that, that, that move that we've been seeing there, you know, especially up into that red shaded box, uh, you know, those highs that we saw back in, in October, November. I think it gets there, and I think that's probably going to operate. Oper- offer us an opportunity to to sell into that situation what do you think blake you know hey if we if we can make it up towards that 86 level and i love the resistance zone i like to use support and resistance as zones not necessarily specific numbers because if 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 technical analysis was an exact science we'd all be so much richer right (laughs) so the the thing is is that zone, that little level, if if we fail there, that sets up, you know, a longer term bearish technical setup for me. So I, I like it up there, Chris. You do. Well, I mean, I think like, I think importantly, if we get a break of that level, then yeah, we're, that 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 front page narrative is going to be hundred dollar oil. We are going to be talking about more inflationary forces coming through. So I think this is an absolutely key chart that everyone needs to have on their radar at the moment. Don't scare me and my eight-cylinder engine, Chris. All right, let's move it on to the euro dollar. You know, um, the euro, this is what I'm talking about as far as dollar weakness. Now, I'm going to tell you, Chris, I'm not 100% sold on the euro just yet. It is breaking a descending trend line. It's it's the descending trend lines basically capped the market since uh, mid last year. And, you know, we are coming up towards levels of that I, that I think are, are, are going to push us up towards the 116, 117 level. The 38% comes in right around the 116, 32. So I think those are gonna be natural levels to sell into. Also previous, that, that comes with previous support that from uh, the lows back in October of 2020. So I think those are the levels that we're gonna be looking for the Euro to retrace to. So when I, earlier when I said, hey, look, I'm not a dollar, you know, I'm not necessarily a dollar bear. I'm more of a dollar bull, but that doesn't mean that we're not going to see a pullback in the near term. And as we have, as we've been discussing, the dollar has not been rallying with all these very lofty expectations from the Fed. So should we see the ECB become a little bit more, you know, hawkish, um, maybe even other central banks too, that could fuel that Euro squeeze back up towards the 116, 117 level in the next couple of weeks. What do you think about this, Chris? I think that offers a great position, to be honest. I mean, I think probably the, the better trade for me right now is being short Euro Noki. I think if you if you were to look at the setup in Euro Noki, which we haven't got, but uh, you know that's broken a flag pattern. I think that looks like it's going downtown. I think that's going to absolutely you know, continue. I think there's starting to trend. It's a momentum vehicle. I like short Euro Noki in this situation. But I think 116, yeah, I agree, you're going to have a much, 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 much cleaner positioning in that euro position. Um, a lot of what we've been seeing, those expectations would give you those expectations here and the dollar would have pulled back relative to those expectations. And I think that that would probably give us a, a cleaner expectations. I love your philosophy around that, um, but it has broken out. Once we saw it 113.80 being broken, bang, up it went. 
The next leg taking yep. up to 116 quickly while I've got you is CTAs, the, the trend following funds, the big momentum funds. These guys are long US dollars and through 114.30, they're going to be liquidating those dollars. Their rules will tell them to do that could cause the next leg up. So something to watch there as and, well. And think of it, if we if we can actually make it up to 117, we'll meet the 200 day moving average up there. All right. Yeah. I know we need to move on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I think one of the big talking points as well, specifically for, for equity ballers out there is, is what's happening within the rotation within the, the indices. Um, and, you know, if you look at this flip that we've been seeing, you know, this idea that we're going to see the Fed bring us into more sort of quality areas of the market, um, out of the risk scale from, you know, absolute junk into more sort of quality defensive areas of the market. Yeah, the, the, the poster child of that is Berkshire Hathaway. Berkshire Hathaway have been an absolute tear. They've got ridiculous amounts of cash on their balance sheet. And these guys are trading at low multiples as well. So this has become the poster child of value areas of the market. And everyone's saying we need to be long value from here. Growth is going to get taken down. It has done for parts of this. And I want to do this as a pairs trade. ARK Innovation has been your, your absolute essential trade for, you know, really for the growth situation and then the sort of the, the various stocks that the Cathy Wood has within the portfolio there. So I like this as a long short or what we call a relative value play. You can see it's had a beautiful trend between November and February, uh, so November and January. Uh, and, and I think what we're going to see now is this kick up. So if, for, for people who are looking at growth versus value, you know, being long uh, Berkshire Hathaway and being short of ARK Innovation as a pairs trade with that, that notion all exactly the same, I think that that's, that trade has worked well and I continue to expect this to kick up going forward. So not a technical setup to say, but just one that the trend followers will be looking at very, very closely there. Have you got an opinion on this one, Blake? Well, you know, I don't have an opinion on that specifically, but as rates move higher globally, what's going to get beaten down are those high beta names and the, the arcs of the world. And so, yeah, the money's going to, money's going to go somewhere and it's going to be seeking value. So I think the idea behind what you're doing makes a whole lot of sense. And that's why you continue to see rotation. Even if for those of you that trade the U S indices, you'll see, you'll see the NASDAQ sell off and the Dow pop to, to highs on the day as the NASDAQ's hitting lows. That's all that is, is rotation from out of, out of speculation into high into growth. So yeah. I like it. Yeah. So I think both of those epitomize the value in the growth camp. So that's kind of where you just, you're putting them together, get yourself a trade-off. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to turn your attention to the euro sterling. You know, this is one of those currencies. Now, I want to talk technicals really quick because technicals are great. I, I love technicals because it really helps me pinpoint entries. Uh, usually, I like to have a theme behind it and understand the reason why I'm buying or selling something. And I do think that the expectations going into 2021, the end of 2021, was a very dovish ECB and no one expects the ECB to do anything, but they are looking to turn the corner and we are starting to see some of the hawks come out and we're starting to hear some more, you know, saber rattling, if you will, and expectations for the UK to continue to, to, to continue to tighten monetary policy, I think are quite elevated, maybe not as much as the FOMC, but they definitely are. And so if you look at this chart from a technical perspective, we just reached 127% extension of that last leg higher. That that was the, the, the last very big move that took us to the top of that channel. And now, and that, by the way, was from November to December, if you will. And we are at new lows, but relative strength is actually divergent. So relative strength is moving higher as price was moving lower. That, that told us that we were getting selling, but not 
strong selling. It, so that divergence suggests that we are going to get a bounce. Now, to, con, con, to confirm for myself, if we get back over 84 pence, that's where I'd actually look to add to a long position. So I am looking to get long down here and I am looking to add to it more aggressively back above 84. You have any thoughts here, Chris? Yeah, I mean, look, the pro I mean, sell Euro Nokia is my, is my view, and that's that's what <laughs> but, um, yeah. We didn't talk beforehand. Yeah, so. I think, like, um, like we're going to have some, the pound's just done really well, you know, recently, and I think, you know, people are going to start fading, you know, pound strength in, in, in the next week or so. We've got a lot of political issues coming through in the UK. I mean, certainly Boris Johnson may may not be uh, fighting in the next uh, the next election, and certainly Liz Truss would probably be getting my view, uh, Liz, uh, Liz Truss would be getting my view there, the, um, the foreign minister there so you know something that i think that will will plague the pound going forward as well so yeah i i, I think euro sterling probably will get a bounce as well fundamentally it feels like that's the case and i think yeah there's there's, there's some some interesting trades but i think specifically um let's go into the final section of the day let's go into the plays that are they're capturing our attention with the play of the day well look i think I think Aussie dollar's the big one there for me at the moment. You know, it's, it's over the last 24 hours, it's uh, the Aussies uh, clearly uh, clearly finding a, a bit of a rocket. Obviously, the, a lot of that dollar weakness has, has manifested into higher copper prices, um, iron ore prices. The futures are, are absolutely going for it at the moment. Obviously, that's feeding back into, into stronger terms of trade. Um, China started outperforming in terms of the markets there. You're looking at the Hang Seng looking good, and, and that's why the Aussie is looking pretty nice. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to, to worry about Australia. Um, and, and the factors that are playing through at the moment. But look at the breakout that we're seeing there. You know, the breakout, is, it's just basically got its head. It's just stuck in above the precipice and said, yeah, come on, bid me up, push this higher. Um, I haven't got a target on that. You know, we go for the 138% extension um, and that takes us into 74. But, you know, really for me as a momentum trader, as a trend trader in this situation, what I like is I like buying strength. It's got the breakout. This needs work. But the fundamentals at the moment with all these kind of short-term tailwinds are telling me that if this can close above this level and build on this, I'm jumping on board and I want to ride this one up to wherever the market takes me, but probably be targeting 73 and a half, perhaps 74 cents there. So I quite like that trade on the day. Well, you know what? My trade of the day, I like the Aussie too, but it's a trap. Don't fall for it. Don't fall for what Chris is trying to sell you guys. I'm joking, you know, but really, Chris, um, the thing is, is, I think it's a breakout too, but I am looking to sell it to you if we get to 7340, yeah. 7350. That's a 618 retracement. That's also going to be that flag top of a pennant formation. So if you look at the, if you look at it from a bearish angle, we actually are still forming a pennant. So if we can get to the 7340, 7350, and if you're buying it up there, I might be that trader on the other side of the trade selling it to you. No, I'm but looking I don't for disagree with you. I do think it's a breakout so. right now. I think the dollar is weakening and it's weakening across the board. It's probably going to drag the Aussie higher. And I think there's a lot of momentum there, but again, I'm going to play, I'm going to take the other side of your trade but just at a little bit of higher price. Yeah. What do you think? Well, you know what? Well, I think this is probably a good time to wrap up the show because, look, I mean, at the end of the, <laughs> at the, end of the day, like, I, I, I just, I'll, I'll take this on the breakout. I want to buy the breakout. I want to buy the momentum in the market. Obviously, when you're trading momentum, when you're trading trends, you don't know when you're going to get out of the market. The, tell, the market tells you when to get out and that may be well at 73.50. It may be at 74. It may be when Blake Morrow's offering it into, in spades and everyone says, oh, the algo's going, oh, Blake's on the... Blake's, uh, Blake's pushing this one lower, so they you know, obviously react on that situation. So yeah, I'll tell you when the market gets out and I'll go along for that. But the, right now, if it, if it breaks out, you know, I think that, that momentum, you know, buy strong, 
sell at higher levels. I think that's the play of the day. But I want to say thank you for everyone for watching this. I want to say black thanks to Blake, and it's great for me to have the final say, the final word on that situation, as I always will uh, on the show, hopefully. Um, but anyway, thanks to everyone who's watching this, and and, and hopefully, obviously, have a, a happy 2022 ahead of you. Um, but we've been talking all things Aussie dollar, the dollar, the motor, notably there, what's happening in crude and sentiment more broadly. And, uh, you know, as I say, if you like the show, hit the like button. But we'll be back more for next week, next Thursday, for more of the, of, of the trade-off. See you then.